Hey, Hope family, praying that you were able to find rest this weekend. And as we enter this week and all of its challenges, busyness, and distractions, those we know about and those unseen, I pray that you are able to able to ward them off and continue to live in the rest of God. On Friday, we looked at the self-existence of God. God is the creator of all, the uncreated one. Today, we'll look at the self-sufficiency of God. God does not need anything or anyone. Jesus says in John 5 that God has life in himself and has granted the Son to have life in himself. God is self-sufficient. Think of all the things that you need to survive. As technology advances, so too does our list of necessities. Obviously, if you were to remove air and water from the planet, you also remove life from the planet. But our list of necessities, my list of necessities, is much longer than that. Like, what about vehicles? Like, I know there are people living right now who exist without being able to hop in a car, on a train, or in a plane. But if all of those were removed, how many of us would die? Or at least we'd live a miserable existence. How about your telephone? Like, we have panic attacks if we leave our phone somewhere. How about grocery stores? Like, how many of you listening right now could be a hunter-gatherer? Like, I'd be in trouble. My family, my poor girls would be hungry because I, I'm not made for that job. There's so much that I'm reliant on, and yet God is reliant on nothing. God is self-sufficient. God has life in himself. When talking about the Trinity, I posited that God created out of his excess of love that exists within the Trinity. This isn't explicit in scripture. It's a best guess of mine, I suppose. We don't know why God created, but that God is self-sufficient does help us to eliminate one potential reason. God did not create humans because he in some way needed us. He did not need us to worship him. He did not need us to serve him. He did not need us to love or to be loved. Unlike Jerry Maguire, God did not need someone or something to complete him. You complete me. God exists and subsists on his own. And this is good news once again. First of all, if God did need something or someone, those would be signs of imperfection and therefore an imperfect God. And would an imperfect God, even if he's better than us, deserve our worship? The experiment of Babel would make sense if that were the case. Humanism would make sense if that were the case. Perhaps we could pull together our shared knowledge and resources and ideas and we could outpace a God who is in need. But if God is self-sufficient, then he has all he needs. But more than that, he has all that we need. God can give and never suffer from lack. God can be reckless in his love, mercy, justice, and all his riches and never experience want. Secondly, if God did not need us but pursued us, then that means he truly loves us. We've all been in relationships that were transactional. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But as soon as the transaction is done, so is the relationship. 
These are not fulfilling. But we've also experienced genuine relationships that are built on trust and love. And most relationships, if we're honest, are some combination. You know, I make it my goal to love my wife without condition. But I'd be lying if I said that there were never moments where my love was some serving some selfish purpose or desire. Happy wife, happy life, right? I know if Leah is happy, then things will go better for me. This is because I have needs. I have a lack. I am not self-sufficient. I have emotional needs that Leah can meet, physical needs that she can meet. Because I am not self-sufficient, it's easy for me to love selfishly. But God has no needs. His love is, therefore, always selfless. This should not create in us a, a nihilism or passivity. As Tozer puts it, let us not imagine that the truth of the divine self-sufficiency will paralyze Christian activity. Rather, it will stimulate all holy endeavor. This truth, while a needed rebuke to human self-confidence, will, when viewed in its biblical perspective, lift from our minds the exhausting load of mortality and encourage us to take the easy yoke of Christ and spend ourselves in spirit-inspired toil for the honor of God and the good of mankind. For the blessed news is that the God who needs no one has in sovereign condescension stooped to work by and in and through his obedient children. And it is as obedient children that we partner with God. It's as earnest children that we partner with God. I think of my daughters now who cannot help me as much as they think they can help me. That if I'm moving something heavy or doing a task that they are unable to do, they still want to help. They want to have a hand on the dresser as I move it. And to them, this is helping. And in some ways, that is our relationship with God. He does not need our help. But he has invited us to enter into helping him. And so God is self-sufficient. God does not need us. And so we can rest because it takes a weight off of us that we are not the ones who have to produce in others or in ourselves what God is looking for. We just have to be faithful to what God has called us to. And we can rest knowing that we are loved by a God who needs no one but has chosen us anyway.